Five, four, three, two, one. The players are here, the fans are here, and so are we, so let's do it. It's ABL Shootaround with Chuck Schreiner and Scott McKinnon. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Shoot Around Chapter 6 from right here in the Lion City of Singapore. Another living room edition as we wind down the finals. Game 5 scheduled for tomorrow night at the OCBC Arena with the series between the CLS Knights and the Slingers knotted up at two games apiece. Now, Chuck Schreiner and Scotty McKinnon here to break it down for you, analyze it, cook it, and come up with our uh, take on who will walk away with the trophy. But before we get to Game 5, Scotty, Let's take a, a couple of steps back, at least, and look at the games that uh, occurred in Surabaya. Game three, a win for the Slingers in a uh, titanic defensive struggle, 63-60. to And game four, a must-win for the Knights. They obliged us as they came through within style, 87-74. Let's uh, first take a look at that game three, 63-60 to score, Scotty. Well, you got to love that, Chuck. That was the Slingers, uh, exactly what the Slingers wanted right there. That's the Slingers game. They wanted a defensive struggle. They wanted it to be ugly. And they wanted to pound it and grind it and grind it and grind it out. And we talked about them having character. And if they wanted to be a championship team, they're going to have to prove that they're going to win in a place that people called hell. People said that Sarabaya Kirtajaya Stadium was hell. And the Slingers went in there and they played exactly to their philosophy and to their style, to the tune of CLS shot 32% from the two and 29% from the three. Ah. Painful for them for game uh, game three there, and, and only 60 points, Chuck. Yeah, and important also, the, the play of Daryl Watkins, uh, subpar, starting way back in game two, eight points, seven uh, rebounds, and one assist in game two. Then he matches up with that only five, count that, five points for the big man uh, and three rebounds uh, and uh, only two assists in game three. So back-to-back snoozers for Daryl Watkins. Oh, Chuck, you made the point right there. Daryl Watkins and the two wins, okay? Two wins, just like you said. Two wins. He had 23-12 and 12 in game one, 28-16 and 16 in game four, and in game two and three, he was abysmal. He, he had There was nothing, no production at all. It got absolutely eaten up by John Fields. So it's, it's funny, I, at the beginning of the series, I wouldn't have thought that Daryl Watkins would have been the key to this team. I would have thought it was Esho. I would have thought it was... Um, Doug Herring, yeah. But with those two guys kind of playing a standstill with Alexander and uh, Young, it's come down to kind of Watkins and Fields in the battle of the big men. Now Fields coming through with flying colors in game two and three, 15, 12, and one for the big man for defensive player of the year in the ABL. And then in that game two, that critical game three, 16 and 14, 14 big boards away in a hostile crowd. And I tell you what, those people in Surabaya, they love nothing more than to hate on John Fields. Man, some of those signs are just ridiculous. Hey, the rip John Fields to the date of May 11th or May 13th. But the thing that the the CLS Knights and the Surabaya fans don't understand is that John Fields thrives on that. John Fields doesn't mind being the bad guy. He loves that kind of attention. I know he's a wrestling fan, a WWE fan, and in the wrestling world, you call those guys heels. And it doesn't matter if they get positive or negative attention, that he, he turns it into motivation for himself. So every single time one of those CLS fans were pointing at him or rubbing their eyes like he was crying, I'm like, all you're doing is motivating this guy to go harder, play harder, compete more, and, and to try and will his team to a victory. 
Now, another big story in the game, well, two big stories. Also, the absence of offense from Xavier Alexander, only 11 points, but again, you know, almost a triple-double, even saying that he had nine rebounds and eight assists. And also, what about the comeback of Jaron Young, Scotty? 16 points, nine rebounds, and two assists in that critical game three. Oh, Chuck, in game one, we didn't think he was coming back. We thought the series was over. There's, we thought there's no way that he was going to make it back when he grabbed his hamstring. Marco Benitez, the other guy we worked with, exactly the same thing, had the same impression of the injury, and to see him kind of just just be able to get by and, and efficiently use his basketball IQ to be in the position without his athleticism, because he's lost a little bit of with that injury, it's been really impressive, hey? Yeah, and Ung Han Bin and uh, Larry Liu, eight points and seven points uh, respectively for them. Ung Han Bin all of a sudden becoming a power under the board, Scotty. Game three, six boards for him. Yeah, he's a big guy, 6'5", about 200, 205 pounds. So he really provides them a, a big, strong man on that wing, uh, on that position. And so that's a really key because Jawado's out there as well. Jawado's about the same size. And so for him to be able to match up with Jawado, not only from the size perspective, but also from that physicality perspective, also from the foot speed perspective, it's been a really nice addition for them to bring him off the bench and for him to play so well. Jawado with 13 points in that pivotal game three and a couple boards and three assists. Uh, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the play of Sandy Kurnia Wong. Came up pretty big in game three. You know, they with the absence of Wong Wei Long in game one, they gave Kurnia Wong a lot of PT. He came through in game three, and that losing effort scored six points. Yeah, and they, they have really nice subs off the bench there, Chuck, and, and Kurnia Wong as well as Hidayat. Hidayat came in and had a very strong game four to push them as well. So they bring shooters off the bench, and those shooters either make and get more minutes or they don't make and they get less minutes and they go with Wong and Jawato and Harry and those kind of guys. So it's kind of nice to see those heat check guys come in, Kanerwan and, and Hidayat, and just let them kind of fire away. And if they make, they get to stay. And if they don't, they get put on the bench. Okay, so the two main gigs, the two main stories of that game three, 63-60 to 60 win for the Slingers, the play of John Fields as he dominates Daryl Watkins underneath the boards and the comeback uh, play of Jaron Young. It was no fluke. Remember, game two came back off the bench, 14 points, a surprise to everybody in the OCBC arena, then accentuating that with a punctuation mark, 16 points in that game three. Yeah, so that brings us over to game four, Scotty, and a must-must win for the CLS Knights, a real medal tester for them. Yeah, and, and I thought uh, Coach Brian Russell made some really nice adjustments in that game to kind of frustrate the Slingers and to uh, space them out. They came out and they shot the ball, and they shot that three really efficiently from the beginning. Uh, 9 and 20 from the three, so almost 50%. And if you look down the line, a bunch of guys made threes for them in that game. And, and that, was a, that was a key for them moving forward. Uh, Jawato hit five of them. And he's, he's a rhythm player. If he gets it going, if he starts to feel good about his three, he's really dangerous. And so he was five for eight for 62%. And what I felt that did was it took – it had – the Slingers now had to chase those guys off the line, and that gave – Herring and it gave Esho and it gave Watkins 28 and 16 so much space inside the lane. It wasn't even funny. Yeah, Maxi Esho coming back in game four with a 20 point performance and six boards. Game three, 19, 13, and two. A little bit of inconsistency there. Doug Herring, uh, he came up big in that uh, in game three, although in a losing cause, 12 points. Game four, though, not so much, Scotty. Nine, seven, and six. You know, he averaged uh, 14 points a game so far uh, in this four-game series with the Singapore Singers during the regular season led him up to a tune of 21.5. What's up with Herring? I think it's just tough for him. I think he's, he's had a few different matchups. I think that they're they're doing a very good job of putting Larry Liu on him and having Larry Liu chase him full court and then bringing Young off the bench. So imagine having one of the best defenders in the league come off the bench and guard you because you're, you're supposed to get one of those bench guys for a little while. And Herring hasn't had that. He's had Larry Liu chase him from the beginning 
once he gets into a rhythm, all of a sudden he has the length and the athleticism of Jaron Young in his face. Now, uh, Singapore Singers in Game 4 came off the mark real quick. I was watching it with some people. 8 nothing run to start it off, Scotty, but then after that they looked very, very flat. Uh, and I think, I think the, the time in Sarabaya, I think the crowd, I think the officials, I think the atmosphere finally got to Singapore. And you could see they, start, they started to get frustrated with some of the physicality and some of those foul calls. And uh, it, you could see it. They just kept on turning the basketball over, over and over again. And I think Brian Russell made a really good adjustment to try and get them out in transition. And once CLS got out in transition, it was really tough for the Slingers to get back in that game. And I believe that CLS had how many fast break? Yeah, they had 20 fast break points in that game. And it was hard for Singapore to get back in and get the momentum back when they had that crowd on their case. Monster game, as we said, for Daryl Watkins, 28 points, 16 boards, five assists on the other side of the ball. Herculean effort and a losing cause for Xavier Alexander, Scotty, 23-7-5 and five for him. Oh, he was unbelievable that game. And he just did a really good job of getting to the rim. Anytime they needed a basket, you could tell, put his head down, Euro step, physicality, that great body control we always talk about. And he was at the rim almost every single time they needed a hoop. And he kept them in striking distance for most of the game. Ung Han Ben, again, with another nice effort, uh, eight points for him. Larry Liu with eight uh, and, and an assist and a rebound as well. Russell Lowe coming off the bench, doing some damage there. Four, seven, and one. Seven big boards for Russell Lowe. Almost a forgotten man in these playoffs. Yeah, and it's funny. He hasn't got the minutes this year that he has in the past. and he, He's been a, a mainstay for the Singapore Slingers. And it's been interesting to see that he hasn't consistently got those minutes that he, he usually gets. There's one person from Singapore who I think has a huge advantage in this series and was one of their best players in the Macau series as well as the Hong Kong series, who's kind of been um, the forgotten man, and, and, and uh, that's Delvin Goat. Arif Hadayat, uh, how big was he coming off the bench and uh, scoring eight points, you know, finding the little spaces in between that soft underbelly, the Singapore defense uh, a couple times uh, uh, from the side, a couple times from out front. The uh, Singapore defender is not going out to meet him. He made him pay. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 yeah, interestingly enough, uh, Hadayat came in and he got in a rhythm. And one, at one point, Brown, Brian Rawson grabbed onto Wei Long Wei and threw him to the, to the scores table to get him in. And then Hadayat hit another three. And you could see that he called him back really quickly and put him back on the bench. And Hadayat's one of those, those Jamal Crawford-like uh, Lou Williams players who, when he gets in a rhythm, he can be 8 to 10 really quick points. So that's a nice little super sub. Brian Rawson has there. What in the world has happened to Delvin Go? We saw he was unstoppable in game one. Game two, three, and four, his stats go 0-1-1. One, one. Game three, 5-3-2. Three, game four, 2-3-2. Two, two. And you mentioned, Scotty, before we came on the air here, he's just not taking any shots. Yeah, and I, I think his aggressiveness, I think he just doesn't really realize how good he is. He, he's a local, uh, local MVP candidate, which means he's one of the top four locals in the league. He started game one, five of five for 11 points. And he's a huge advantage. He's got uh, Brandon Jawado on him, who he has 30 pounds and three inches on. And since that point, since the first half of game one, he's only taken a combined seven shots in three and a half games. It's just not, he, he needs more. And they need more from him because he's such an advantage. And if you saw him in the Macau series and you saw him in the Hong Kong series, he was a difference maker. And if he decides to put his head down to post up, all of a sudden, CLS is going to have to send a double or he gets on the offensive glass, Brandon Jawado's is going to get in foul trouble. And I really hope that in this fifth game, Delvin Groves realizes what an advantage he is to the Slingers because no local in this league can guard him. So 87-74, the Knights uh, 
pick up the tempo. They hit their threes, as Scotty says. Huge game by Daryl Watkins. Uh, he uh, atones for his sins, so to speak, in games two and three. And all of a sudden, now it's 2-2. If we look at the uh, stats all throughout the series and compare them to the season, like as we would expect, Scotty, playoff basketball points a lot more difficult to come by. Witness uh, Mario Osho uh, average 20 and 10 for CLS during the regular season, 18-7-5-8-5. That's pretty much around the vicinity. But the play of Doug Henning or Herring, we've already talked about 21 and 5, 7 and 6, 5 during uh, the season, 14, 6 and 6 in the playoffs. Darrell Watkins, he is a guy that has shown up big time for the Knights, although he had two fairly mediocre games by his standards. He's averaging six, uh, 16 points a game, 9.5 boards in the regular season, 15, 2 and 10 on the other side of the ball. Xavier Alexander, who would have thought the MVP of the league, Scotty, 24. Point five eight and 8 during the regular season of the four matchups against CLS in the uh, playoffs, 17.758 and 7. Uh, Jaron uh, Young, uh, tough guy to really, you know, field uh, uh, stat uh, quotes with him because of that injury he's had, but he averaged 24, almost 25 points a game. He had two massive games against CLS during the regular season. Only 11.75 rebounds are way down. And look at, uh, as we talked about, uh, Delvin goes 7.4 during the regular season, only five. John Fields, 20 and 12 during the regular season, slumping a little bit to 15.75, but the rebound's right there at 12 and a quarter. Yeah, and I think you said it right, Chuck. Defense wins championships right there. And all those numbers have dropped down because in the playoffs, defense is, gets tougher. People play harder. People defend harder. You have different philosophies. And when you see a team multiple times, instead of just a one-off on a Wednesday night, you get to prepare for them. And when you get to prepare for them, you get to figure out their tendencies, their habits, and you, you come up with a philosophy on how to shut those down. And that's why you see those percentages going down, and that's why you see those numbers uh, going down, because both of these teams are prepared for what they do offensively, and they know what the other team's going to do offensively. They know their strengths, and they know their weaknesses. Now, Brian Rousen uh, predicted to us right in front of us, uh, Scotty sitting over there on the bleachers before game one, Fellas, this, this series is going five. I asked him again after game one. He says, I don't care who's hurt. This series is going five. You know, uh, you know what a swarma. You know, th- this is the sort of guy, Swami, whatever you want to call him. This guy right on the button, uh, my, uh, my candidate for coach of the year. But uh, he's spot on, so I guess he saw something that we didn't. But, Scotty, that brings us up for tomorrow night, all on the line, OCBC Arena, CLS Knights and uh, Singapore Singers. Let's break it down. Let's come up with some sort of prediction that the people might believe and they may not. But uh, now remember, we are announcer for the Singapore Singers. And by the way, we will be on air tomorrow, yes. 8 o'clock. Uh, you know, and uh, it'll be us two for sure. And uh, will we have Mr. Benitez? I believe we will from, uh, from, from the Philippines. So it'll probably be a three-man crew uh, on board tomorrow. And I uh, hope you guys, if you can't uh, be there in person, at least you can uh, watch it on the YouTube channel or uh, on StarHub if you happen to live in Singapore. But, Scotty, let's break this game down. Yeah, let's get ready to go. And so, like you said, Chuck, this, this series has had everything. Everything from drama on the court to off the court. You couldn't have asked for a better ABL finals. You have people, a controversy over the, the Indonesian flag in, in uh, the OCBC arena. Uh, Singapore travels to Indonesia and... A few rowdy fans surround the bus and start shaking it. Like, what a a series. And now you come down to the fifth game where everything matters. Singapore, the OCBC Arena sells out in what, Chuck, an hour? Uh, Yeah, hour and a half, something like that. We've had our our phone's phone's been blowing up for guys wanting tickets. Uh, Sorry, guys, we can't help you this time. But, uh, you know, uh, next time you have to be a little bit more proactive. But, yeah, Scotty, you know, Singapore has been here before. Two times, uh, had our hearts broken a couple years, three years ago, in fact, against Malaysia, uh, losing a tough five-game series. 
uh, losing a, a, a pretty much a, a whitewash against Hong Kong a couple years ago, going out in the quarterfinals last year. Singapore Singers have been a winning team since its inception, but we have never picked up the brass ring. And, and I tell you, this is our best chance to get it. And uh, what do you think the chances are, Scotty, as we break it down? Yeah, like you said, if, if, if we would have been given a choice at the beginning of the year, fifth year OC, or fifth game, OCBC Arena, ABL Finals, one game to win it all, would you take that? I take it. I take it. I take it. I take it. And I'm going to pick the Slingers to win this game, Scott. I'm going to tell you why. I think. I think just because of what we've been talking about, I think that the CLS Knights will come to play. I don't think it's going to be a. I don't think it's going to be you know any sort of a blowout. Quite the contrary. I think it'll be decided in the fourth quarter. Uh, that critical third quarter, Singapore can keep their act together. I, I, I fully expect them. Yeah, they, they struggle in the third quarter right, for, for whatever reason. Uh, I don't expect it to be a 63-60 type of game. I expect it to be a little bit more wide open. I'm not saying it's going to be like, the, like game four was in Surabaya where it looked like, uh, you know, that Singapore just lost a little bit of will to win or whatever you call it in that, in that uh, fourth quarter where they ran away and hid a little bit and uh, allowed uh, the Knights to do things that they hadn't been able to do uh, except for the first game during the series. But uh, I, I just think the Slingers, especially with Xavier Alexander and John Fields, we're talking about an MVP and the defensive player of the year, Jaron Young. Uh, he's going to lay it all out there. He's not going to be the defensive player that he was because of that hamstring injury. You can't tell me that he's 100%, but 75% of Jaron Young or 70%, 60%, whatever he is, is better than uh, a lot of players in the league. Yeah, and I, I think this home cooking matters. The only two teams in the league had winning records on the road this year, and that was Singapore and Formosa. Uh, if you look, so that's the first reason I think they're going to win. It's at home. It's in the OCBC arena. They're, they're familiar with the, the stadium. They're familiar with the rims. They're familiar with the city. They've slept in their own beds. They've ate their own food. Everything, that's a huge advantage going forward here in Game 5. Second thing is, uh, John Fields has outplayed Darrell Watkins twice. Darrell Watkins has outplayed John Fields twice. I think John Fields is a better basketball player. I, I think he is, too. I, I think, think you're right. He's going to shut down Darrell Watkins, and I think if Darrell Watkins doesn't go for 28-16, Apparently in this series that matters, and I think that's going to change things big time. Um, I also think that CL CLS depends on their three-point shooting, and I think that CLS is a shooter's gem, especially for them. The wall is right behind the wall is right behind the rim, so there's no depth perception issues there. Where you come to OCBC Arena, and it's an actual stadium, so now that wall isn't behind there, and all of a sudden your depth perception when you shoot a three, the rim seems a lot closer, and those guys are going to have to get used to it really quickly. I don't think Jawado's going to hit five threes. I don't think Sandy's going to step into a bunch of them. I don't think Hadiah's going to come in and hit two threes. So I think all of a sudden now there's 15, 18 to 20 points off the bench that aren't going to be there for them. And like you said. This is consistency. Singapore's been here three out of the four years, Chuck, like you said. Um, they have experience here. It's their time, and I really believe that they are going to put this away on the back and the leadership of Xavier Alexander, and they're going to win this fifth game. I think that the local guys are critical to the success of the Singapore Singers. I do have confidence in them, especially the way Ung Han Ben has been playing. Larry Liu, don't forget about him. I've never seen him D up the way he has in this entire series. Win or lose, you can't not put the, uh, the, the lack of defense uh, at his door. He has done a fine job all over the place getting his hand in the lane. And don't forget about little Desmond O. He can do things off the bench or, or if they decide not to start him. Looks like they found something with uh, Ung and Larry Liu, depending if they want to go big or small. Uh, they have no hesitation to put those guys in. Jaron Young's going to need a blow at some point during the game. Another thing that we need to talk about, uh, Scotty, the great unknown is fouls. Yeah, and, and, and it, seemed, it seemed like Singapore's gotten foul trouble uh, on the road a lot this year. 
And John Fields can't get in foul trouble because anytime he gets in foul trouble, Daryl Watkins goes bananas in Singapore. They don't have another big right now that can match up with him. Um, so John's got to be con consistent. He's got to be disciplined and showing the official's hands and all that kind of stuff. The same can be said for CLS. CLS has gotten foul trouble as well, and Daryl Watkins has been the culprit. Challenging at the rim when he probably shouldn't have been, coming down a little bit too physical on box outs and offensive rebounding. So it's really hard for these officials to officiate because of that of physicality and how much those specific fouls mean to certain people on the, in the game. Very good point, Scotty. And also, Jaron Young, if he can get out in the open court, you know that he's had two or three days off after a couple of tough games on the road. Time to rest that hamstring. But uh, we said this time and time again, going in a straight line, there's not too many guys in the league that can keep up with Jaron Young. Yeah, and it's just going to be an exciting game. And, and the fun thing for us in, in Singapore is, and, and Chuck, you've been here since since the beginning. You've been here since the, you know, like, I like how you say it, the cavernous <laughs> stadium. Yeah, is that, yeah? 2008, um, yep. Yeah, and there's a group of Singaporean fans that have been here like you, and, and they relate to you. They've been here since the beginning, and I'm really happy for these people who are going to be able to see. I've only been here for four years, five years, appreciating the, the Slingers. So I'm really happy for those people who are going to have an opportunity to cheer on the Slingers in a game five where there's a ton of attention right now in Singapore. The great, uh, great article in the Straight Times today on Singapore and how the basketball community is kind of embracing this team and, and really rallying on the fact of how well they're doing. And so... I think the sport's growing, and I think the tension and the enthusiasm is growing, and, and I'm just happy for people like you who've been here since the beginning. Well, Singapore has not had a championship-caliber team since uh, way back in the Malaysian Cup in soccer. That uh, even predates me to some respect, but that's back in the late 90s. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's about time that Singapore, uh, you know, walked off with some sort of hardware uh, besides, uh, you know, the, the, the kissing your sister's second place, so to speak. <laughs> So, uh, so uh, no offense to my sister, I love her to death, but uh, you know, other people I'd rather kiss, that's for sure. So, so, so Singapore uh, is my pick to win it. I, I think it's going to be a grueling game. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on whoever comes out tough in the fourth quarter, I think right after half. Traditionally that, especially in playoff games, that is a time you need to lay down the hammer. I think Singapore has enough impetus in them. I think they've got the coaching. I think they're going to have the fans. They've got their own stadiums, you said before, Scotty, their own beds, their own food, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, announcers on their side as well. So, I mean, every little bit helps. And I think if you put all those intangibles together, along with the tangibles in the team, I think Singapore walks out with a six to seven point win. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you, Chuck. I think they do as well. I think, I think it's competitive. I don't think it comes down to a last shot, but I think it's six, seven, eight points. I think it's in the mid, low 70s. High 60s, low 70s to mid 70s, somewhere like that. That's a good score for Singapore. They need to, they can't have it going to mid 80s or up to 87, 90. They lose a game if it goes up to that score. Um, and I just think it's going to be a really fun night for Singapore and, and to celebrate this team and to celebrate them as champions. Okay, this could take nothing away from the CLS Knights. What, what, what a great team they've got over with, you know, with, with Esho. They've got Herring. They've got an ex NBAer. And Daryl Watkins, you know he's going to be up uh, for the pressure. Brandon Jawado, uh, he's put almost identical numbers up during the regular season and uh, in the playoffs. In fact, he's slightly over his, uh, his, pre his uh, regular season numbers. He's averaging 16 as opposed to 15.2. He can shoot the lights out, uh, can Jawado. Uh, Wang Wei Lan, he's really just been a non-issue uh, for the Singapore Slingers uh, during this, or, or for the CLS Knights during this, uh, this uh, whole series, and which is very strange because uh, you think that, uh, you know, 
this would be the series that he would really want to shine. He does. I'm not saying he's got an axe to grind, but uh, Singapore didn't want him back. He went over to CLS, made a name for himself. Uh, you know, won a couple of games in the last second. That's the traditional long way long. You know, give me feed me the ball with a couple seconds left, and then uh, and we're down by two, and I'll hit the three for you. He's done that a couple times this year for CLS, but he has not had good luck against the Singapore Slingers. Desmond O matches up against him really well, Scotty. Uh, you said it perfect there, Chuck. So so Desmond O, what what what, John, what Coach Johnson and uh, Coach Neil been doing is any time that that Wei Long's in the game, they match him up with Desmond O. And Desmond O's so familiar with them. They have the same body types. They, they play the same way. Desmond O knows exactly what Wei Long's doing. And the second thing that is, he doesn't help off of him. So anytime there's a dribble drive from Herring, a dribble drive from Esho, uh, other teams might help because they don't know Wei Long. Wei Long shoots 43 from three. 43% is insane, and that's on a large sample size as well. And Desmond O's just smart. He, he, he might show for a second to the ball, but he's not going to help off Wei Long because he doesn't want him to hit that three-pointer. And Every single shot Wei Long's had this, this, uh, this series has been a contest, and so he's never been able to get to that rhythm. And that's been the, the, the story of it all year long as well. He just hasn't been able to get into a rhythm against Singapore, and he's struggled. If John Fields can take uh, Daryl Watkins away from the basket and uh, hit those patented 15, 18-footers, that'll free up some space for uh, Delvin go down low, and maybe we can get a repeat performance of what we saw from him uh, during not only the first game of the playoffs, but what he's been able to do the entire year where he's averaging nearly eight points a game and eight boards. So, you know, Delvin Go, I, I feel like he might step up uh, this game. I'm not saying he's going to score, you know, 15, 20 points like we've seen him do. But uh, if John Fields can, uh, can start hitting his shots from outside, that's going to spell trouble for Watkins and the rest of CLS Knights because besides Watkins, they're not that big. No, no, not at all. And, and everyone who comes off the bench is a guard. So that's Delvin Goh's advantage right there. If Delvin Goh can just get around the rim, eight points, eight rebounds, that's a huge con contribution to the Singapore's cause. And, and so far, he just hasn't been aggressive. He hasn't looked to score. He hasn't looked to use his size and physicality advantage. And I really hope he does it in this game five because it's a major advantage for Singapore. Yeah, if he does that, that will force Maxi Esho to come inside as well. That will give Singapore free reign from the outside with the exception, of course, of a tough defender like Doug Herring. But if Singapore can rotate the ball around, get the open shot, knock down a few shots, they could uh, spell a lot of trouble very, very early and often for uh, the CLS Knights. Yeah. And so we both have we both have Singapore, Chuck. And uh, after tomorrow night, the ABL ninth season, Rise to Greatness, is going to be over. And um, it's been a great season so far, eh? No, oh, it certainly has. I've had a great time uh, calling this more fun than I've had, uh, you know, any other season. And a lot of that's because of you, Scotty. Uh, you've came come on the horizon, and you've really complimented the play that we do behind the mic. We've had a lot of fun putting uh, this podcast up too. And guys, we're not done after the season's over. We still got the NBA to negotiate. Then it'll be time to talk about the World Championships that'll be coming in Asia. Wow, we got a lot of basketball on the horizon. But uh, the ABL, the ABL again, that's right? right. Then the ABL. Now, word has it, uh, just you know, just to put it out there, but there's nothing written in stone yet that there might be a couple more teams next year. We could be looking at a 12-team league next year, Scotty. How fun would that be? Oh man! So uh, you know, th this league is growing by leaps and bounds. Everything about it. The production, the leadership by Jericho, what he's been able to do uh, with this league and organizations, uh, you know, like MJ, who's been able to put together with the Slingers, a model sort of uh, organizations that other teams can draw fun from to get a, sort of a model to how they would run their organization. Uh, so it's been it's been a heck of a heck of a ride this year so far, partner. And uh, we hope that next year, you know, or excuse me, the next game will do, do it justice and we can walk out of the season, uh, hopefully with the Singapore's holding the mantle. But whoever wins, uh, we want it to be a good game. We want the fans to be entertained. Yeah, we, yeah. 
That's that's spot on there, Chuck. And so you guys can follow us at uh, right now. We only have one handle going, and, and it's at Shootaround65, and it's on Instagram. And, and please send us a message. We'll reply to you guys. Uh, any type of feedback, negative, positive, whatever you guys want to talk to us about. Uh, we're very keen to engage and talk some hoops because that's what we love to do. Uh, and so. Yeah, we're going to put this baby to bed, get a lot of sleep at least, and uh, get ready to party tomorrow. Uh, you know, we do have day jobs that we're supposed to be to on Thursday. And, uh, you know, guys, uh, you know, depending on who wins tomorrow, uh, we, we could be pretty bleary-eyed on Thursday, Scotty. <laughs> so for everybody out there, uh, you know, uh, we hope that uh, you'll be watching the game tomorrow night any way that you can. We'll be back at you uh, to break that down and to commiserate or – or gloat, or whatever we do, whatever we feel like doing, actually. We're the guys behind the mics. Uh, good to be king. So uh, for, for Scotty McKinnon, this is Chuck Schreiner. Shoot around. We'll check you out later.